Boom. What is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Draft Duo Podcast with myself, Nosey, and my co-host, Jaxie. We are the only duo that you need for all your needs, FPL Draft Mode. We are going to continue the podcast in a similar fashion as always. We are going to look at a game week review as a whole. Look at the important points that may affect future decisions. We're going to do a little review of our waivers and see how they went on. We're going to do a review of our game week and the T12 with a couple of shout outs. We're also going to do a couple of trade dilemmas and trade suggestions as always. Update our watch list and give you the waivers that you need. So uh, this week's episode is sponsored by Emerald FC. Now, myself and Nolsey were lucky enough to be scouted by Emerald before we moved to Australia. Emerald FC is a great, great soccer club. So if you're ever thinking of moving to Australia, move to Perth, join Emerald FC. You'll have a great time. Guaranteed 20 goals a season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Biggest shout out to Emerald. It's a fantastic club. Run very well and great way to meet a lot of boys, especially when you move over to another country. So... Big up Emerald FC. We're going to do a quick plug for ourselves because we do it very blasé, being like, follow the podcast, follow us on Instagram, all that sort of stuff. But we love this more than anything. We love preparing every week, watching the games, looking at stats, and assessing and compiling all the data that we have and giving you the best information as possible. If you only like an Instagram post, or follow us, please do that. Yeah, anything, anything at all. If you, it takes you two seconds two to seconds. share it, or to like it, or to tell somebody about it. We do be prepping all week and watching all the games. Like I love, we love doing it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not a chore. It's not a chore. I love doing it, but it would really help us grow the page if you just told somebody about it. I know you don't want to be giving people the tips that that we tell people, yeah. um, because it might it might hinder your your game. But uh, yeah, we'll be able to give more tips if you tell more people. Definitely, that's that's your homework for the week. Now, tell one person to listen to the podcast, and if if you did that, we'd have one hundred percent growth in a week. And we've had some uh, unbelievable response of the last couple, what is it two months now? Two months, yeah. Two months that we've been doing it and absolutely loving it and appreciate everyone that's listened to any episode, liked or interacted in any way whatsoever. So please let someone know about us. Give us a review on Spotify and interact with us on Twitter and Instagram. So that's that done. That's that. Sorry about that. <laughs> we, okay. need, we needed to plug it though. Yeah. Had to plug it. Right. We're going to do our usual game week review. So... We said last week that there was five red cards, and ironically enough, there was another three red cards this weekend. Now, it just seems like an awful lot. It is something to monitor, because I have a point down there regarding red cards. Like, a lot of them could and will be overturned, but your points in fantasy aren't overturned. So it's very notable if teams seem like they are leaky or caught on the break, like we've seen a couple, over the couple of past game weeks there has been red cards for last man back tackle. So maybe just look at teams and how they're defending and how that might influence a couple of red cards. There could have been more red cards as well. Trent got a yellow at the very start of the game and he was very, very lucky not to get a second yellow for pulling Gordon back for when he was running through. That's right. So if if it was later on in the game, he could have got a second yellow, but I think it was because it was so early on that they, they gave a little bit of leeway to him. Mm-hmm. Something to note. Um, we will talk about how United were poor again and discuss what to do with their assets. It was literally the same thing last week. Another point, Liverpool leaky. And same thing we had last week. Liverpool were leaky last week. They continued to be leaky this week. So something to note about their assets. Yeah, Trent is going down and down in trade value. We will discuss Trent's trade value later on in the podcast and maybe give advice on what to do with him. Two other points we have down are West Ham Wonder. They're playing very, very well this season. Unbelievable. What assets could you target for them? Maybe for attacking and for defence. And then the last thing, Villa Ball. Another team that have been surprising. We had expected that they would do well. They had a poor first game week and then they came back very, very well. So there's two or three Villa assets that you could be looking at in the draft. Like We did say after the first game week that Villa played well. It's just they were up against a very good Newcastle side. And it's shown in the past couple of game weeks that Villa have been flourishing. They have a couple of assets there that you could easily pick up on the waiver. So we'll continue on to our waiver results. 
this week in terms of waivers was unreal. I don't think we'll have a week as good again. Well, hopefully we will. Yeah. Our goal was to consistently improve on our results, and this week we definitely did that. So we got 9 out of 13 returns, which is pretty insane. Our best returning asset was cash. We It's funny because we had a little, I don't know, a, a, a funny relationship with cash. Initially, he played very poor in the game week one. We said, will he stay? Yeah. Last week, we said, I think his place is nailed down. And this week, we said, get him in. And he's just turned into a fantastic asset. We'll talk about his position later on, but Cash returned 17, Gusto 14, Adoji 12, Rodri, who was a lot of people would be just totally ignoring, ignoring. We said, get him in, 10 pointer, Romero 7, Paro 6, Van de Ven 6, Caldwell 6, and Ward Prowse 6. So fantastic returns. Hopefully, it's going to get a, a small bit tougher as the season goes on because the waiver pile will get smaller and smaller. So it yeah. was a good week for us, but it's not always going to be that good. So we had a couple of mishaps as well. Pau Torres only got a two-pointer. John McGinn got a two-pointer. Sabajlai, who we'll talk about later on, got a two-pointer. And Bailey didn't feature at all. Yeah. That was partly due to a knock. He got a zero-pointer. So Quite unlucky that Torres only got a two-pointer. Burnley scored a goal late on, mm-hmm. and that's what got rid of his clean sheet. Otherwise... Yeah, that would have been the, that would have been a bit more, but yeah, look, not we'll take nine out of thirteen. Yeah, um, so on to our trade suggestions. We put down four players as we will be doing the same this week, and they too went very well. So we said that Sterling might have been undervalued. He obviously came away with a massive nineteen points. I think he was the highest scoring player this game week. Yeah. Diaby kept the clean sheet cash would have been up there oh, that's but right, actually, that's yeah. what brought him down a little um, bit Diaby got a 12 pointer goal and an assist um, Morgan Gibbs White got two assists we said that him and Awoni played very well together when Awoni's playing well Morgan Gibbs White would play well and it literally went from Morgan Gibbs White assist to an Awoni goal mm-hmm. another player who we'll talk about later on as well is Wissa who only got a two pointer so although it might seem like a bad result for Wissa it could be a good result for you in the future yeah. if he's gone down in value just because of this week doesn't mean he's a bad asset to have so you could easily get him off someone who who mightn't be listening to the podcast who mightn't be watching the games who is just looking at results and results only yeah. that doesn't that doesn't give a good uh, valuation of a player definitely so in our T12 league thankfully both of us got two W's we both had cash funny enough we had cash in the contents creators as well. Yeah. So we had cash three. in all three leagues that we're involved in. Well, I'm not involved in yours. But yeah, yeah. Um, which was fantastic. We are now third in the content creators. Two wins and a loss. Jaxi is top of his league. So good start. I think there's... I only looked at my team the last day. I have seven different players from the draft night. So kind of was a sign that I drafted very poorly or didn't look into some players I thought like the likes of Igor would start for Brighton and unfortunately like initially had two or three waivers but with a lot of work and this is the this is the difference someone can have a fantastic team on paper but if you're putting in the work and listening to the waivers and looking at stats and making your own decisions as well you can climb up that table yeah it was Cash and Van de Ven who I brought in this week and they're the ones that got me the win so waiver players got me the win this week your other players, you, you'll be keeping them for a couple of game weeks because they're good assets to have. They'll rack up points over time. But it's waiver players that you select specifically for a game week. That'll get you the wins. Yeah, you'd be surprised at how many players actually win you a draft based on waivers. So if you bring in waivers, and I, I've seen it before where your free agents might get you the win or get you the loss. So so, so important to be changing your team around unless you're extremely happy with it and you don't want to do anything with it and just let it play out. But you will do better if you are more active with it. On to our trade dilemmas. So you've been sending suggestions about players that you are having difficulty deciding what to do with, and hopefully we can make that a small bit clearer. Some of the questions, first one I see is Inketia to Antonio. Jaxi, what's your two cents on this? Yeah, I answered this on the Instagram earlier on today. Two cents on this is I would be looking to get in Antonio. Nailed down striker, number one. See, Nkeshi didn't start the last day, so Antonio's nailed down. They have good fixtures 
coming up as well. Uh, Antonio is playing against Luton. Uh, West Ham are playing Luton next. And as well, Antonio's on shit hot form. Yeah. He was unbelievable again the last day. He destroyed Brighton's defence. So that one... Yeah, he it, looks I, back to his best, doesn't he? Especially with James Ward-Prowse in there as well, whipping him free kicks. We said it last week. Now that Jimmy Ward-Prowse is there, there's so many other assets for West Ham that are, are now valuable and can actually return points. And Jesus is back, so Nketiah's time is going to be managed. They have Trossard there. So Nketiah, yeah, might get some returns over the season, but I think for a season-long hold, Antonio, especially as a nail-down striker, is your choice there. Yeah. Kiwar is it? Kiwar. Kiwar. Kiwar for Arsenal, the left back. Someone said, should you get him in, is it? No. Or should you get rid of him? Because of um, Zinchenko and Partey, Gabriel, it was, I think, Bull Bull put the question in. Should you be, because Kiwar started, did he start the last day? Yeah. Should you have him in your team still or should you be getting rid? I I don't know. It depends how your team looks. I wouldn't like to have him as a whole. Maybe uh, if you think he's going to start the next game, who are Arsenal playing? Arsenal are playing United. Arsenal are playing United, yeah. So that wouldn't be looking like a fixture that yeah. I'd be targeting. I answered that on the Instagram as well. I did say Arsenal defenders will break your heart. Either they won't keep a clean sheet or you won't get the, the starting player that you want. Yeah, they're not looking as good defensively this year. So I don't know. I think his time might be numbered. Yeah, he might be a good punt for one or two weeks, but as we said, we have United and then we have an uh, international break coming up soon, so like he might even be in the running or he might be a rotation player in the future. So if you could look at a waiver, that's the type of player I wouldn't like in my team. Him yeah. holding down a position for players that we're going to mention in the waiver that could be fantastic picks for one game week and get rid. One game week and get rid. Are you going to just play him for the United fixture? keep him probably not so I wouldn't be looking at him as a hot hot asset there's definitely other better defenders out there than having Kivor definitely more probable point routes to point points yeah <laughs> uh, Bailey we said that Bailey is probably a bit of a hold apparently he was picking or, or carrying an injury for the previous game now we're talk, we said we'd talk about Villa and Villa played a, a different formation under Emery last game weekend they looked fantastic and that would be Bailey's biggest threat that Cash played way high and wide if you looked at where his positioning was average positioning it was very very high and wide nearly where you would think Bailey would be so I don't think Cash can be put out of that team now after his performance unless they revert back to a four at the back and Bailey right wing Bailey would be a hold for now but assess is his minutes rotated like last game week we said he we put him down as a waiver he got a goal and an assist and looked very good but a change in formation can change a player's value so quickly because if they're going to be rotated if he's going to start one game and get 50 or 60 minutes the next game it depends who's on your team you might want to get rid of him for someone that you might think is as hot but would play 70 80 90 minutes and it might be a good fixture for them so hold bailey see how you get on or see how his minutes are managed over the next game week or two because he could yeah. be trade value you don't want to put him back on the waiver I think if Bailey no. gets in and wrote and uh, bangs or does something like that you can get rid of him through a trade very very easily yeah but for now just hold it out hold still and see how the next, unless next you, two un- game weeks yeah. pan out unless you actually offer him in a trade and someone wants him yeah. already but we will talk about let's say the likes of Trent how the trade value goes up and down so quickly you never really want to get rid of a player at their lowest trade value unless they're out of the team totally. So like Garnacho's up there as well. Garnacho, you might have got him traded for someone game week one or two. Now he didn't play any minutes against United. Or sorry, for United against Forest. So like he's again waiver material now. So no one will want him in a trade. So I had a trade offer last week and it was Morgan Gibbs White for Garnacho. You were I, offered it? I offered it to somebody and he texted me back and he said I didn't see it in time. And he would have done it. He would have done it. So like that's the, and now that that transfer or trade is just totally gone. No Gibbs one's going to give that. Gibbs White was on the waiver now. Gibbs White, yeah, we talked about waivers in a while. So but people would he'll be picked up he'll before be picked me because I'm coming top, I won't be able to get him. Oh Lordy <laughs> <laughs> Romero, 
I would keep Romero. Romero looks like a fantastic pick. I don't know what the question was. It just said, like, will I keep Romero, is it? Yeah, that was it. It was, uh, should, should you keep Romero or get rid? 100%. Romero's a top-quality defender now with a good team. I know they have two more good fixtures coming up. Definitely hold him for that. If you yeah. wanted to get rid of Romero, the way to get rid of him would be through a trade that he's going to be very high value now, especially after the last two weeks. So he's got two clean sheets in a row. Why, If you really want to get rid of him for some reason, I, I trade him. He's the uh, he's part of the only team out of the big four that have kept a clean sheet in the last two weeks. Again, Spurs. <laughs> La di da. All right, Jackson. <laughs> Archer. Um, Archer's hopefully going to be a certain striker for Sheffield. Again, Sheffield are not going to return a crazy amount of attacking returns, but mm-hmm. depends on your team. If you need a striker, like I have Danny Welbeck, he joined the 59 minute club this week. I would take Archer over Welbeck. I don't care. I'm so sick of Welbeck. And I think players, and you, this is funny as well that it comes into it, trade value is totally up to the person. I'm so sick of Welbeck that I take anyone from right now. I just want to get rid of him. Now I also don't want to give, get rid of him for absolutely nothing. I'd like to somehow work him into a trade uh, that contain two or three players. You nearly sneak someone across the line yeah. if you have a, a starting striker. Like Welbeck is technically a starting striker. I'd still want Archer. Yeah, Archer in the draft. If you think, if you watch Sheffield and you think he looks good, could be a, a decent option if you don't have a playing striker. But I think. He will be picked up on the waiver this week. The, the the starting strikers don't stay around very long. So if you need him, you probably need to pick him up this week because who are you going to trade him for? Yeah, more often than not, like you've three strikers in your team. <laughs> Majority people probably only play one every yeah. week. Yeah, one or so two. So if you can get him in on the waiver or get him in just to have him held there on the bench for a week, just see how he gets on. Definitely. Yeah, and as I said, possibly, possibly trade fodder in the future if he does bang one or two and there's nothing better and I, I, I think this comes into the psychology of it, of it as well if you pick someone up on the, the waiver you're more inclined to trade them I think from my perspective because you practically got them for free and I always think like right uh, I picked up whoever on the waiver and he banged I'll trade him straight away because I'm like right I'm getting him for nothing and I might get someone who I actually want back into my team that wasn't on the waiver now it might be the best way to look at it because just because they were on the waiver doesn't mean that they're always a waiver but yeah if you pick someone up from the waiver like an archer and he returns and you're willing to trade him that could be a nice little upgrade from as I said a waiver pick yeah Gabriel from Arsenal there's so many other players on the waiver that are playing that he's technically lower than a waiver pick right now we are going to mention loads of defenders this weekend I'd have all of them over Gabriel so unless you really want to get rid of him on the waiver and just don't want him in your hair, my two cents if I had Gabriel would be to wait, wait, wait. If your team looks okay and you are willing to wait, I keep him and then hopefully just pray that he plays the next game for some reason. And then and then someone says, oh, he's back in the team. And someone wants him a bit, jump the gun a bit saying, I want an Arsenal defender. And you're probably going to be sick of him at that time and say, yeah. right, you can take him. I think... That's one option. I think the only other option then is to get a playing defender off an Arsenal fan. I think that's the only way you get rid of right him. Right now. Right now. Yeah. Like this game week will be given to an Arsenal fan because they'll be more inclined to want an Arsenal defender. They'll rate him higher than what he actually is right now. Yeah. That's the only, the that's only, the only two the things. Only, they're not... It's not beneficial. It's not it's not beneficial in the world, but it's not an ideal situation to be in. You would have thought. I'd say I'd love to see the average drafted rank of Gabriel this season. He'd be one of the top 10 definitely defenders that were drafted. And I could name 20 defenders that I'd rather have over Gabriel. So unfortunately, if you got caught like that, like a lot of people did in normal fantasy as well, it's unfortunate. As we said, we have two options. I know my option depending on the team, would be to hold and hopefully get a trade over the line unless I see a defender on the waiver that I'm like, right, I really want to bring him in this week. The other thing, as Jaxie said, is to get rid or get rid, get rid to an Arsenal fan. Yeah. You, yeah. I know one fella in my group, he has the Gunners tattoo. So <laughs> he'd, he'd lap him up straight away. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Sometimes you do have to cut your losses and just say, damn it, that's my fourth or fifth pick gone. But if it's for the greater good, so yeah. be it. Some cost fallacy, man. 
The what? Sunk-cost fallacy. Talk to me. Sunk-cost fallacy is, even if you've put so much effort into something, it's if it's not paying you off returns, there's no point in putting more effort into it because it's not going to pay returns. You may as well cut your losses right. and move on. Right, well, there that's your answer overall. We were <laughs> rambled there for a bit, but... Based the answer on, to Gabrielle. Based, based on psychology from Jack Maloney, <laughs> get rid. There's three other names that I don't want to talk about. Garnacho, yeah. Sancho and Anthony. Actually, sorry. Anthony was one of the highest players in terms of position on the pitch for United. I know he had a slightly better game for United. I still think he's absolutely muck. It might be inevitable that he returns soon if United get a, get a good run at a couple of games. They're playing so bad now that I just would... I don't even want to look at any of them three. I've had Garnacho and Sancho hoping that they play and play well and might get in the team. I think them two, I would not like to have them in my team from, right now. From an excitement and having an enjoyable weekend of drafting, I wouldn't be having Anthony. I'd rather go for 100%. a Brighton midfielder and like go for a riskier option than playing Anthony because he'd only frustrate you watching him. Oh yeah, you can't watch him. Jeez, you can't own, own him and watch him. Yeah. I can see... 10, 12 names on the board behind us that I'd rather have than Anthony. Watch him bang out the weekend. Yeah, yeah. The usual, the, the leg flick. And, and yeah, the leg left, flick. Left I, he just, yeah, I don't know. I just I just think he, if he does return, it's going to be a short burst. We have Hoyland coming in soon. Does that reduce minutes of all of them three? It's not, oh, unless you go for a one-week punt and it somehow pays off. I wouldn't like to have my my eggs in Anthony's basket for the next couple of game weeks. Moving on to our trade suggestion section. We said Sterling, Diaby, Morgan Gibbs-White and Wissa last week. Now we said that Wissa didn't return. But if he was undervalued and he had, as we said, very, very good underlying stats. Well, then he's still undervalued. The only thing about... Brentford is that in the next 10 games they have five big teams so if you think they might struggle over the next next 10 game weeks if you have them and you think okay maybe he just got a good run and them stats are skewed for some reason maybe you want to trade him now until he starts or, or not when he starts blanking he has Bournemouth then Newcastle Everton Forest is there not bad but I know for a fact in the next 10 game weeks they have five five big teams mm-hmm. so yeah, maybe you want to trade him if you have him for someone very, very good. I'm not saying get rid of Wissa because he's not doing well. He's a very good player. But if you think he's overvalued now, um, I would trade him. If you think he's undervalued still and you still think he's going to continue on his good form, well, maybe wait next week. Maybe try a, a little ch- trade over the line and say, does this person value Wissa as much as he should be? And if you get a nice trade over the line, he could be a good person to get in. Similarly, if you get a very good player for him, he might be good trade value. So we always say it depends who you're trading for. Can't just say, yeah, trade Wissa. Because you're not going to trade Wissa for DCL. Yeah. You're going to trade Wissa based on a player that you think is going to score more than him over the next five or ten game weeks. And you know yourselves from people that haven't played the draft. I know there could be new listeners here that haven't played draft at all. But for people that haven't played in the last three weeks, if you've tried to get a trade over the line, it's very rarely one-to-one trades. It's normally two-to-two or three-to-three trades that do happen. So Mm -hmm. you will have to work them in. Work them in somewhere. Definitely. Yeah, so Wissa could be value or he could be good trade fodder, depending on who you're getting. Or other three suggestions. So weekly we're going to give four. These aren't always going to work like we did last week, just returning straight away. Unfortunately, when they return, the bad thing is that they're way up in value. Like Sterling is probably one of the most highly valued, apart from, let's say, the likes of Madison and all them. Halland and Sally, you're going to have to give crazy players for them. But in terms of tradable players, Sterling now is probably a bad trade because if I had Sterling and someone wanted him off me, I'd be looking for someone really good. Not only because I think... Um, Sterling good but because I think that their valuation of him is going to be way higher than it actually is I still think he's a fantastic pick over the next 10 game weeks and if you could get him and someone wants to get rid of him good option but just after they return unfortunately their trade value is the highest it's going to be especially a 19 pointer like that I think people need to take into consideration as well that it was Chelsea against Luton 
Luton's defence looked very shaky, so I know and that might inflate his valuation because he did get 19 points, but it was against a recently promoted side, so it doesn't give a, a great valuation of him just yet. Definitely, and I always kind of use Saka as an example because he's an easy first-round pick that I'd like to hold for the whole season regardless of fixtures. I wouldn't be trading a Saka for him, although no. Saka is just ticking along nicely. Back on pens as well. Back on pens. If you calculate their points, and it's probably going to be very obvious to see over the next five, ten game weeks, or even probably the whole season, it's going to give a truer value. Saka will be a better hold. And in terms of the draft, you would actually prefer players that consistently return rather than giving you a 19-pointer. Usually, it's it's funny. When it rains, it pours. When you get like a 19-pointer, you also get a couple of other hauls, and you're going to win the game anyways. I won the draft one year with Chilwell and Bruno and they just returned every day and I only had to have players that have two or three pointers in my team to actually have a savage chance at winning every week so I'd rather a consistent really high valued player than someone that might return one day might return another Diaby the same way Morgan Gibbs-White I still think is a great consistent hold pick but Diaby, again, I tried to trade for Diaby. I think he's going to be a fantastic player and a very consistent player of the whole year. Yeah, I know he's been whipped, actually, in most games, but I wouldn't worry about that. He's doing so much. I think Villa have nearly been winning Excuse me, most times when he has been whipped. So he's done his bit and he's come off. So I'd, I'd still like to be looking at Diaby. I'd still like all of them, of course, but it just depends who you get for them. Yeah, his finish was very good the last day as well, just beside the box. First time, left foot. Baller. Ballers, they're all ballers there. Our other three this week aren't as exciting, but again, the whole idea of the trade suggestions is that we're looking at players that are possibly undervalued. Doesn't matter, doesn't mean that they're going to be the best players in the world, but they're going to be possibly undervalued over the next five, six, seven game weeks. The other one we have, he was a waiver suggestion last week, unfortunately, didn't return, but Sabajlai. And based on his stats now. I didn't get to watch as much football as I like over the weekend. Jaxie was the... <laughs> I had nothing else to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, Jaxie cho- was... I chose to, uh, to, to watch the football. Jaxie was uh, doing the eye test this week. Unfortunately, I have a girlfriend and <laughs> Jaxie is married to the game. <laughs> so he got the eye test. I got the stats this week. Sabalishlai had, in terms of his position on the pitch, was very good. So he had very good stats in terms of that. His XGI was low, but he had a key pass, one shot on target, and a shot blocked. So if someone thinks that he's just a defensive midfielder playing kind of deeper, they will kind of be a small bit wrong. First game week he played, he did play, as I said in the last podcast, more centrally on the right-hand side. But if you look at his heat map this week, he was a, a lot further forward. He was actually the second furthest forward player for Liverpool behind Salah. So he might play that role every week. But if he does and you have a nice trade lined up, he could be a nice little hole for the season. I don't think he's going to return too often, but he could be a nice little one if, if Liverpool start hitting the ground. Do we have minutes? Minutes on Sabajla? He is a nailed starter. Nailed starter. Currently. Um, I know there's a lot of rotation now with Darwin and Gakpo is playing deeper and he's not, he didn't even get to 60 minutes. So there's a lot of rotation in the Liverpool. So if you think that Liverpool will do a bit better and Savajlai is going to keep them positions high on the pitch, he could be a nice little one to get over the line. Our third one is Enzo Fernandez, Another nice little route into a good team that have good fixtures and he's nailed. So he's a 90-minute man for Chelsea currently. And he's a fantastic player in general. Yeah. But Chelsea obviously have good fixtures. He had expected goal involvements of two of the first three games. Now, I know one of them was a penalty, which he missed. That's another factor. Is he still on penalties? If people think that he's not, well, then maybe he's undervalued a small bit more. And if he steps up the next day, he's a different pick altogether. So now is a good time before they have another penalty. Yeah. He has... Sorry, go on. No, I was just saying, like, they're, they're the stats in terms of the eye test perspective on that he didn't get the assists in the end but he was always like the assist to the assist like he was getting up he was getting up close it just didn't he wasn't the one the last person to pass the ball yeah I get you and I know that but he is in he is in and around the mix he's in that area if you look again heat maps I look a lot of them this week he was uh, fairly far forward because for a midfielder for a centre midfielder because uh, what's his face 
is now playing Caicedo. deeper. Caicedo was playing Caicedo deeper. and Gallagher are actually slightly deeper than him. So it allows him to get that bit more forward. Yeah. As opposed to last year, he was playing that bit deeper. He was the deep line midfielder, yeah. Now he does, even as a deep line midfielder, if he does go back to that role, he has a very good ping on him. So he has the ability to get assists from a deeper position. The way Chelsea set up with the three, with five at the back, we'll call it, against Luton, they were very far up the pitch, so he didn't have that much space to work in. He had 2.3, or has 2.3 shots per game. And again, we said that the idea that he's deeper is not true. So if someone's not looking at, I don't know, not looking at Chelsea or looking at their formation, they might think, well, he's a CDM and they are not very valuable in FPL. So Enzo, he had also a 0.66 expected goal involvements versus Luton. Again, results might be skewed because it's Luton, but he had four shots on target and hit the post twice. So, like, the stats, are, the stats are there if you're looking. Yeah, stats, stats are, there. are there if you want to. If, if you get a nice trade over the line, I wouldn't, again, be given a, a Diaby or a Morgan Gibbs White for him, but I think he could be undervalued. You could get him if you were trading two, two players for two. Yeah, I tried to get him this week, and someone, the fellow I was trading with, just said, no, I think he's inevitably going to start returning. I was like, damn it, he's, he's on to him. Yeah. Our last pick is Almiron. And he's probably the most exciting out of the three of them, or four of them, who I think is going to reap rewards a lot more and a lot quicker than all of them. He, again, is probably the most nailed Newcastle forward. He had five shots versus Liverpool, one blocked. Newcastle as a team had 23 shots, so they're playing very well. They had an XGI of, or sorry, an XG of two, although they lost 2-1, so that they're, they're creating chances. Allison had a fantastic game. Did he, yeah? Yeah, Allison was very good, Palasson very good save. So I think they were unlucky to, to not get... To, yeah, to not get more goals at least. Yeah, like Results, we heard, yeah, it depends on the clean sheets. We don't care about results for players like this, but it depends on their stats and how, how well their team is doing in terms of attacking. Yeah, like Liverpool's defence let them down, but Allison kept him right. in the game. And from game week six on, we know how Newcastle's fixtures turn. From game week six on, the next 16 game weeks, they play four, maybe five, depends on obviously how the season progresses, but four or five top teams are teams that you would look at to say that they're difficult fixtures. Some of them difficult fixtures could flip and some of the easier ones may be more difficult ones, but that's a, that's, that's a massive run. Yeah. So you're not just getting him and then maybe trading him again. Well, possibly. But if I had Almiron, I'd be happy to keep him in my team and leave him there and hopefully that he reaps rewards. As I said there to Jackson before we started recording, if he only returned five or six games, that'd be every three games. And that'd be a massive result mm. for uh, possibly, again, depends who you trade him for. If you could trade a Bailey for him, if Bailey returns and you get an Almiron, could be very good. Yeah. The only issue to have with Almiron is that when Europe start, starts, is he going to be rotated as well? It depends what they want to focus on. He's from uh, Paraguay or something, though. So, like, he should be playing every game because he won't be... Tired? <laughs> He's from Paraguay. I was like, what? Where are you yeah. going with this? So he won't be playing in Europe, so... What do you mean? He's from Paraguay. He's... Are you stupid? What? Paraguay. Europe. Newcastle are in the Europa League, you... Oh, or well, Europe. I, th- I thought you were on about international break. Oh, you fucking clown. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. We might have to cut that one. <laughs> I was like, what, are the Paraguayans very fit or something? <laughs> that is brilliant. So Almiron is a, a nail Newcastle player with, with some very good stats. Yeah, with Almiron, when it rains it pours with him, yeah. he has been a little bit quiet. Or Newcastle have had the toughest fixtures out of everyone. When he goes off, he goes off. Yeah. So, yeah, keep, keep him... Maybe thoughts. even get a trade. That's the whole point, man. We're in trade situation. <laughs> <laughs> Deep breaths, Jackson. I've had a long day. Give me, <laughs> give me the vape. <laughs> that is brilliant. Okay. On to our watch list section. On my own watch list on fantasy football, I have like 40 players, 50 players. Now, obviously, that's just me keeping track of someone or a player or a team that might have good fixtures in the future so it's not like I'm thinking of bringing them all in 
but I'm just as the title suggests, just watching them. Yeah. Yeah. Little plug. We have possibly a little website in the works. So it will probably be a while before it's up and running for, for use. But we are hoping to have an up-to-date live watch list so that me and Jaxi can put our players on the watch list and you can see. Because if we go through the list here, there is an awful lot of players and we can't give the reasons why they're on the watch list. Now, if you can see that watch list and maybe investigate them yourself or we have some reasons behind that, it's a lot easier than us listing off players and you just listening. So that would be a fantastic feature that hopefully we'll have in the work soon, as well as a couple of other things that we will keep in the back pocket. Yeah. So our watch list this week consists of a random assort of players. In terms of our watch list last week, a lot of players dropped off. We had some shining stars. Shade we had down, we said he was down and tipped to start him. Apparently a very, very good player. And when he when he did play, he banged. So now he's probably gone from a watch list to a waiver. I suppose that's the kind of natural trajectory of what happens. Yeah. We have a look at them in the watch list. And then if they do well, we look at them as waivers. Yeah, that was his first goal for Brentford as well. I know it was a cracking goal, but... Was still only he will be valued more now because he has scored, but just taking into consideration that was his first goal. Yeah, I think he'll I think he'll be a good player for Brentford down the line. Mm -hmm. I think he'll him Wissan and Buemo will be the top three starting players unless well until Tony comes back and unless um, something changes. So for the next couple of weeks, Shadow will be a good pick. Yeah, there are a couple of Fulham players that are on the watch list because although they have City this week. In the future, they have Luton, Game Week 5, Palace 6, and Sheffield 8. So three very good fixtures over the next five. And some of them have good stats. Um, Wilson can whip a free kick and whip in a ball from a corner. Pereira, we know, is fairly decent at returning, banged a goal at the weekend. I know he is flagged, but I think he'll be okay for the weekend. And in the future, full stop. The best one from Fulham, in my opinion, is Decora Reed, because he is one of the highest. He's plays left wing, but he has the highest average position of any player for Fulham. So he's an exciting player, and I actually liked on him. I think I had him once or twice before, and he yeah. returned. When when you do bring him in, he does tend to reward you, doesn't he? Reward you, yeah. He's and um, Fabio Vieira. He got two assists for Arsenal at the weekend. I don't know. One was, one was a penalty he won. I don't think he's an option for next game week. Totally depends on minutes. Again, there's a massive amount of players that can play for Arsenal, but you never know. This could be his season that he starts to get in and starts to return. They're in Europe, so maybe he plays in, probably in Europe more so than Premier League. But again, Arteta is like the new Pep. Arteta Roulette is in play. So maybe for a couple of game weeks, if you can predict when he's going to play, could be a good pick. Um, Hall we had on our watches. Now we know there's an injury to Botman. So yep. will the likes of Dan Byrne go centre-back and Hall get a game? With, again, he's still on our watch list. We can monitor him. The likes of Douglas Louise has gone off. Douglas Louise had 0.0 um, .0 expected goals and like 0. Point something um, expected assists. So if you want a penalty taker, if you, that's just what you want in your team, yeah, take yeah. Douglas Louise, but again, I'd be steering away like from I him. Like I've seen him traded in this week as well, and like he's a stinker. So yeah, he's uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be a fan of him, unfortunately. Um, Johnson for Forest. There's talks of him going to Spurs. So again, one to monitor. I don't know if that's going to be good for him or bad for him because well, is he going to play up top? I don't think well, he's. Will he play for Kulisewski? I know Kulisewski scored. But I don't think he takes Kulisewski's spot consistently. And then, well, even if he doesn't, they're rotated. So if Johnson goes to Spurs and, I don't know, for some reason they start him up top or put him on the wing and, and he does well, he could be a good. Yeah. Again, when they play for a bigger team, they're valued more if they keep playing. If they're at a lower team, like he's actually more valued at Forest now playing every week, mm. although he's a waiver, um, then he might be at Spurs playing rotationary the rotationing if position there's a position for him at Spurs up front there is if they think that he's the answer to their striker problems I don't know if he is I'm just surprised if they bought Johnson as a striker but yeah if he does keep playing it could be a good option so we're going to sorry the last person we mentioned last week was Dan Juma 
And Dan Juma actually had a very good game for Everton. Very unfortunate then that Dan Juma didn't return. The only problem with Dan Juma is Harrison is now signed. So Harrison is also part of our watch list. I know he's currently injured, but I, I'd still be bringing him in. Yeah, he, well, it, it, it said on the fantasy football, not match fit. Yeah, so that's like a game week or two. Again, we have yeah. international breaks, so a lot of these injuries mightn't be a factor in a, in a game week or two times. So, yeah, I would be bringing in Harrison if you have space on your team. Now, I know Everton seem poor, but they haven't scored this season and they have a very high XG. So I think they've actually been getting slightly unlucky. I know they're not the best team and first three games will not give them confidence. Transfers that are happening this week. Beto for Everton. They're, they're signing a 30 or 40 million pound striker. So is he going to go straight up top? Is Dan Juma, he was playing up top for Everton last week. Will he go onto the wing? But now Harrison is there. Again, we said Dan Juma looked like Everton's one of their best players. So is he just going to get unlucky with them buying players and Dan Juma is not an option? I think this week could be his last week mm. as a very good pick. And then we have to monitor him again for future game weeks. Will Dan Juma, Dan Juma be an option? Unfortunately, last week was the week yeah. that he could have returned. And just unfortunate that he can get even one or two goals. So watch Dan Juma. If he continues to play for Everton, maybe... Maybe he's an option. Kudos is signed for West Ham. He had a very productive season last year with 11 goals and 3 assists. And that was only in 19 starts and played around 60 minutes per game. So fairly rotating. And this year he started two games, played 90 minutes before he moved to West Ham and got a goal and an assist. Two team of the week. So he's on fire right now. Yeah. He'll come to Spurs or sorry, come West to West Ham, looking to make a big impact. So kudos, I would be putting high on my waiver. In a good West Ham side as In well. In a good West Ham side. And I think, again, they'll buy him with the intention of starting him. I think maybe the first game he'll be rotated and just eased yeah. in. But I think after that, I think he's a great pick. I'll be putting him high on my waiver. But with the likes of Bowen, Antonio and James Ward-Prowse. Like Antonio is getting a couple of assists in as well. So... Having those players there around him, he is looking like a pretty attractive uh, transfer. Definitely. Doku is in the game. He can be wavered this week. Now, he's down as a midfielder. I didn't know that. I thought he'd be down as a striker. I think for Doku, although he might be rotated, he's still a nice asset to have in your team. You'd still like to have him. He's down as a striker. Down as a midfielder. midfielder. So, he, he might be rotated... I don't know how much how good of an FPL pick he would be consistently, but I'd always want one of them players in my team because someone mm. will want him. If someone, yeah. if you get him in and you get a trade over the line, City asset if he scores or looks very good, I just think that it's a no-brainer. Depending although, on who you transfer yeah. for, although City probably do the most rotation out of any team in the draft, they have the least players available on the, yeah. on the waiver. You can't get week. you can't get city players, yeah. and people will trade for city players. They kind of they know that there's going to be rotation there. So Doku, I think, is a is a good pickup this week as well. Definitely, if you are in like a twelve man league, it's he's definitely going to be one of your better midfielders. Or there's definitely going to be a midfielder that you can probably swap for him. And for Wolves, Inacho, there was talks of Inacho going to Wolves. I would be loving Inacho. You yeah. know what he's like? He can go off as well. He's kind of like an Alvaron. When it rains, it pours. So. Very true. Yeah, he can have a couple of stinkers and then he'll score three I've had Inacho as when he's, he's scored like back-to-back hat-tricks. Like. Yeah. He, just goes, <laughs> he just goes off and then just not started for for Leicester. He'll get so, injured or do something. Yeah, do something. So Inacho could be one to monitor as well for transfers. Definitely. Thankfully, it's, the, the, the amount of limited strikers that are available. Yeah, he'll be picked up. Bit of a no-brainer. It's nice to see that there's four good attacking options coming into the league that mm. uh, might be exciting and might um, you know spruce up some leagues that if you're down the bottom and you're getting fed up, you're thinking, right, I have a chance of coming back here now because the transfer season's not over. Therefore, you have a chance at improving your team a good bit. Yeah, especially yeah, if you're coming near the bottom, you've preference. Near yeah. the bottom, you've preference, so you can get these new players that are coming in. I I never want to be near the bottom, but at the same time, it has its benefits early on. The worst place to be is in the middle because you're probably the first four or five, six players are going to be good, and they're going to be taken. 
but you're not near the top. Mm-hmm. But you're not getting all the good waivers. So it's good to be top, but it's just as good to be bottom sometimes. Yeah. Not that we know. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Coming on to our waiver section of the podcast, the most important part. Hopefully the part where you take away some key points and key points to win your game week. So we have four or five players there, five players there that we're not really tipping as waivers because we're surprised that they're still there. In 12-man leagues, Doji and Cash are still available. So they're kind of no-brainers to bring in if you're near the bottom of the 12-man league. They're 15%, they have 15% availability. In a couple of leagues, they are still available and I'm sure they're going to just fly off the handle this week. They both had um, hauls this week. So they're probably, if you're bottom, Cash or Doji, unless you're really, really struggling somewhere else, were fantastic picks. Pau Torres and Van de Ven have 20% availability. They were two waivers that we suggested last week. Usually when we suggest a waiver, by the next week they're gone because they've either done well or they're just not options anymore. But Pau Torres and Van de Ven are available in 20% of leagues, so which is a, a, a good option. Van de Ven, <coughs> little stat, he recorded the fastest pace of a centre-back in the Bundesliga last season. So the pace is there if you're looking pace like is there, yeah, for a centre-half like. Savage. Like myself. <laughs> <laughs> Diego Carlos is available in 90% of leagues. So he came in for Villa when they played five at the back and played very, very well. He's an absolute animal. I was... It's weird. I was kind of sad that he got injured last season because I was looking forward to watching him in a Villa shirt. He's came back, played, featured in the last two games and had very good cameos so maybe monitor how Emery sets up if he plays five at the back um, Torres Diego Carlos and Conza are all fighting for them spots if he goes to four there's three players fighting for two I think Digne got another assist this week Cash obviously hauled them two were probably nailed left and right wing mm. and I know I said wing because again I'm in my head I'm looking at average positions and they were both wingers. Yeah. So they're very good options, obviously, if they're still available. But if you're looking for a route into that Villa defence, Diego Carlos is available in 90% of 12-man leagues. We are going to give a long list of waivers. Now, the best place to find our guaranteed set waivers is Instagram and Twitter. So we're going to give a bit more of a background to these players on the podcast. And then on Instagram, we're going to put up usually... Wednesday and Thursday. Now, I know the the, wa- the waivers have been relatively early this year because there's been a lot of Friday games. There is football during the week. So, a lot can change from Tuesday, which is today, until mm. they play. So, a couple more waivers. Uh, Paqueta, again, has a very high XG. I think I have it here. Let me just change the page. Yeah. Paqueta and has... Doesn't, he doesn't seem to be going to City either. So it's, No, it doesn't look like doesn't that's look happening. Like so... so um, he has the second highest XG for any West Ham player, and we know West Ham are playing very, very well. Gibbs White could be on a lot of your waivers, depending on the size of your league. If you're in an eight-man league, Gibbs White is more than likely on your waiver. And again, yeah, fixtures might look good, fixtures might look bad. He's a whip on him. He's playing with massive confidence. Awone is playing very well, so Gibbs White I'd love to have in my team. Ben Rama is playing Luton. I know he might be a rotation with risk, especially with Kudos coming in. But if Kudos is not ready to play this weekend, which he probably isn't, Ben Rama, it might be a last-ditch chance at him getting some points. And he might get the finger out because he thinks my place is up for grabs. Two Spurs guys, which I was reluctant to suggest Sar as a waiver because I thought, you know, he just had a very good game. But... Again, if you're in like a 12-man or 14-man league, Basuma and Sar, they're playing Burnley. Yeah, if you want to take in a midfielder and if you think Spurs are going to do well and play high up the pitch, Basuma and Sar are still good picks for this week. Yeah. I wouldn't be going all out and giving away um, a very attacking player for them. But if you want to get them in for this week, they're still good picks. Like Basuma, although he hasn't got the, <clears throat> the same returns as Sar yet, he's still getting in those positions. Definitely, and he looks well-rounded. He's playing again with massive, massive confidence. So, Basuma again is, as to watch as a footballer, is just magnificent. FPL might possibly return in the next week or two. So. Probably one of the best players to watch in the Premier League at the moment. 100%. Totally agree. I really, really like watching him. 
So our Brentford boys, who we have been t- tipping for the last three weeks, are still returning. Yeah. Um, and doing well. So Pinnock, Collins, and Hickey are still three very good options. I know Henry is is he's probably gone. He's wavered in like ninety nine percent of leagues. Yeah. It's crazy. In twelve man leagues, Henry is gone. So if you want into that Brentford defence for this week against Bournemouth, Pinnock, Collins, and Hickey. Collins is available in 40% of leagues. Hickey is available in 60% of leagues. They are good options. Looking at Brentford's team and looking at uh, Bournemouth's first couple of game weeks, I'd like to think that Brentford will keep a clean sheet against them. If you look at the probability, I think FPL Tips had a good um, infographic up on percentage clean sheets this week. So what I'd like to do, obviously City and all them are the highest, Look at players that might be available from teams like Brentford that still have like a 45% chance or 50% chance at a clean sheet. That's very good. If I told you there's a player and he has a 50% chance of scoring this game week, you'd say, that's no-brainer. Mm. 50-50, 0.5 XG, 100% I'd take him in. So if you're looking at a team like Brentford and you think they have a good chance at keeping a clean sheet this week, they're like a striker. Maybe your man that's in my league that has the five Brentford players. He's seen something before all of us. Definitely. <laughs> And the Palace defenders have been going well. The Anderson is the highest scoring defender in the game so far, which, again, we said some ridiculous comments last week that were stats. I, I did not think I'd be saying that stat as well. He got an 11-pointer. He scored the goal. Uh, and, and he had... I remember seeing a statistics that he like had a couple of shots or created a couple of chances. So it's not just that he's a big centre-back just getting forward. and He's some whip on him, Anderson. Yeah, he's a good baller. Ray Crossfield he's whipping a, him. Oh, he's a fantastic lateral ball. Yeah. He has actually a, a good eye. And Palace still haven't got going at, in terms of attacking yet. Like with the likes of Eze that we've been talking about is inevitably going to get going at some point. It's like they don't, they're missing Elise and Zaha from 100%. last year. So it, it obviously is going to take that bit of a... A strain on the team starting off. Yeah. But hopefully now in the next couple of weeks they kind of come into their own a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, and they're, they're not bad defensively. So if you're looking at a Palace defender, a lot of them are still available. Ward, Gay and... Mitchell. Mitchell. I always like Mitchell. I brought in Mitchell a couple of times and um, he's a decent, decent pick. And they're playing Wolves as well. Wolves who haven't the best, like the highest XG. Although they're better side than I thought. I thought they'd be very poor this season you're kind of looking at them teams to have a punt that Wolves won't score this week. They scored 80-something minutes, I think, against Everton the last day. Yeah, against Everton, who are a poor side. It's a scrappy, scrappy goal as well. Which brings us on to some of the good waivers this week as well. Everton. (laughs) (laughs) We put it up last week in waivers for the future. And these are waivers that we suggest you get them a week early. They might have a poor fixture this current game week, but next week they have some good ones, just like the Fulham boys. They have City, but then they have Luton. So again, if you have space on your bench or your team is set up well for the game week, you might want to get these players in. Last week we said Patterson and Emerson, Soufal, Zuma, the West Ham defenders and Everton defenders. So they are very good picks now. West Ham playing Luton and Everton playing Sheffield. And although Everton might seem like a poor team, as we said, if they don't keep a clean sheet against Sheffield or they struggle against Sheffield, when then their players aren't options for the rest of the season until something drastic changes. So Patterson and Young, especially Young actually, likes to get forward a good bit and is on some set pieces. Ashley Young has a decent whip on him. So Ashley Young might be a good pickup for this week and is available in majority of drafts. But one player I really like from Everton, I always kind of liked as an FPL pick, although he mightn't be that consistent, is Decore. And he might look a bit goofy on the ball sometimes, but he had the first half of, I think it was last season, two seasons ago, he had some serious returns. Mm -hmm. And he is one of the highest players forward for Everton. I know, as I said, I didn't watch many of the games, so I'm all stat heavy this week. (laughs) And Decore had very, very high average position. So if you're looking at someone to bring in for this game week, that would definitely be on the waiver. He's on 95% of waivers. So essentially a, a free agent punt. If you are looking at an injured midfielder or like, let's say, a Garnacho who didn't play and is playing Arsenal, I think Decore could be a very, very good one-week punt if you want to start him. Did he score the goal to keep Everton Yes, up? he did. 
He can bang goals. Yeah. He can bang goals. He's a bit goals. of a screamer as well. Like. He can score screamers. He when he's playing confident, he gets forward a good bit. And he is not a bad FPL pick, especially if you're looking through the mud and you're saying, oh, who am I going to bring in? And as we mentioned, all the West Ham defenders this week are good picks. We talked about why wavering in players early is a good thing. It's because now if you have the likes of Patterson or I have Emerson for this week, I don't have to put him high. So if I want to go for one of these boys like Kudos, if he's in the league, he probably won't be. Or let's say Doku. I don't have to be scrambling for my game week this week already. I can actually kind of plan and you always want to be planning one or two game weeks ahead. Although in the draft, it can be a small bit more difficult. These are players that you want to get in a small bit earlier. Like the Fulham boys, as we said. Raul Jimenez, maybe if you want to trade or if you're in a smaller league and he's not taken up. Pereira and Wilson. Last mention for Neto. So Neto has, again, the highest average position for Wolves. He looks nailed on this season and is playing well. So Neto could be a nice little pickup depending on what your midfield looks like. If it's looking lackluster and you're looking for... I don't know, maybe some of your waivers could be like Decore, Neto, all for the same player. If you put down Decore, Neto, Danjuma, Danjuma possibly, um, Ben Rama, any of these midfielders, you're going to, for an injured player, for a poor player, you're going to have a slight upgrade. Mm. These could be better upgrades than an injured player or a player that you think is going to be rotated. They're all probably going to play. 60 minutes, hopefully. Mm. Um, I would probably put Decore and Neto up there as my top two kind of poor midfielders. I'm not saying I'll bring them in for Gibbs-White. If Gibbs-White's on the waiver, he's definitely going to be number one. These are all players that might return this week, or if they return this week, might be okay picks in the future. But a lot of the time of waivers, you can pick them up and let them go. I picked up Gallagher this week, and I hate having him because he played Luton, and I hoped he'd get a return. Now he's playing Forest. I'm like, okay, I want to keep him. But I'm looking at the likes of Decore, and I'm thinking, is Gallagher, with all the fixtures, too good to leave on the waiver? So what I'm trying to do now is trying to push him through a trade and get a waiver pick as a midfielder and maybe get a better striker or a better defender so that the player I get from the other person, I can put on the waiver happily rather than having to worry, well, is he better than Gallagher? Mm. So sometimes we said it in our strategy podcast, it's good to have a shit midfielder because then you can rotate him every week or every couple of weeks. It's good to have a shit defender so that you can rotate him for good fixtures and so on and so forth. Strikers, we know, is very, very hard to come by. There has been a couple of strikers that are now going to be starting. Archer, we said. Fabio Silva. We talked about the possibility of Iheanacho coming in. Cunha is playing. But Fabio Silva got the start this week, played 70-something minutes so if he does well or they don't sign a striker, he could be available on the waiver. They tipped him very highly when they bought him, mm. paid big money for him. So um, he's could be another option. And then Foster for Burnley. Yeah, the only thing, like Foster had a great goal the last day, um, playing well. The only thing is they're playing against Spurs this weekend. Spurs have kept two clean sheets in a row. So he'd be more of someone to get in just as a playing striker, as we said, the likes of exactly. Archer. Archer. Fabio Silva, a couple of these boys. I have actually down the watch list as well, Duran for Villa, who came on and banged. Now, I don't think he's going to get in starting all the time, but again, watch list. Will he be another start striker that comes to fruition? So we have a long, long list of watch list and waivers and possible trades. I know it might seem overwhelming, but as we said, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram for a more clear, decisive selection out of these players we refer from the instagram and twitter back to our podcast where you can actually get a bit more detail mm. so we're giving you all the detail and then maybe by the time the waiver comes we've narrowed down our selections as to maybe three or four usually we go like that might be available from 10 percent to 25 percent availability in a 12-man league um 25 to 50 percent and then players that are 50 50 to 75 percent availability that again, are going to be options in most leagues. We then, late on, usually after the waiver, give a free agent. Someone who's still hanging around that might have got in there because of an injury that might be a good pickup for this week. So follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter for more narrowed down versions of this. We are giving you as much information as possible with statistics and eye tests on the podcast. 
follow us on Instagram and Twitter for more concise and clear options. Yeah, at least with, with the podcast, you have a broad overview of the players that are available. Because on Instagram, other people will see it and they'll want them players as well. But with the podcast, you'll get a bigger list, a bigger list of players that you could possibly bring into your team. So if you're listening this far, thank you very, very much. As we said, a share, a, a listen, a like, all that good stuff would be absolutely fantastic. So hopefully all your waivers go fantastic this week. We get as many good results as we did last week and you get W's in your league. As always, we have a question of the week. Before we go into this week's question, I'll answer last week's. So the question was, what is Totteringham's, Totteringham's day? And I, we gave the hint, hopefully it doesn't happen this year. It did happen last year. And Totteringham's day is every day of the year that Arsenal finish above Tottenham in the Premier League. It's a specific day as when, when Spurs cannot finish ahead of Arsenal. So when it is confirmed that Arsenal will finish ahead of Spurs, that is Totteringham's day. I don't know, this this year, this don't get your hopes up, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, so far, yeah. hopefully it doesn't come. This week's question is possibly a little bit easier. With 202 clean sheets, which goalkeeper has the best record in the Premier League? So I'll read it one more time. With 202 clean sheets, which goalkeeper has the best record in the Premier League? Boom, you should be able to get that if you have any ball knowledge at all. So as always, hopefully all your waivers go well, W's in the league, and we will see you next week for game week five. Five? Game week five. five. Game week five preview. Draft duo out. <laughs> <laughs> um.